I, I do want to warn you guys uh, that I have no less than four tabs of Google Maps pulled up, so this should be fun. Hey there, Internet. I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this is the Gem Jam, where we do an episode-by-episode recap of the 1980s cartoon Gem and the Holograms, because it is truly outrageous and truly seems to have some animators with some issues with China. Also, just kind of race issues with China in general. It's awkward. This is Adventures in China, episode 10, and it is a ride, ladies and gentlemen. Literally, because they travel all over China. Over the space of maybe a few hours. Today's episode is written by Beth Bornstein, uh, who is an animation writer who has written a smattering of things. Uh, Notably for me was that she wrote uh, an episode of Batman the Animated Series where Alfred goes to a spa that it turns out is being run by Poison Ivy. It's one of my favorites. And notably for me, she writes The Misfits in Hawaii. Or not The Misfits in Hawaii, but Hawaiian Adventures. But includes the song Misfits in Hawaii, which I happen to love and Annie happens to hate. Wait, is this is this the one where they get stranded on a deserted island, or do they just have random Hawaii adventures? This is the Hawaiian Adventures with the Misfits in Hawaii. No, do not. Yeah. Do not start that. I swear to God, Mackenzie. <laughs> Look, the important thing is, we're in China today, and we know that because we start on a plane to China with a Chinese flight attendant announcing, if you look out the window, you will see China. Yeah, our our establishing shot is of a plane with, like, Air China written on the side, and it looks like it's been written in Sharpie, honestly. First off, our second line is an O-Rio, so it's like, you know exactly what kind of episode we're in for. But yeah, we start off strong with the flight attendant saying, if you look out our right side, you'll see the Great Wall of China. And then she proceeds to explain what the Great Wall of China is, like nobody's ever heard of it before. So, um, one interesting fact that I learned while looking up information about this episode was that the title card actually didn't exist at first. They just opened it up without a name or anything like that, so nobody knew what they were getting into. What? Really? Yeah, and so they just came up with Adventures in China when they released the DVD sets because they didn't know what else to do. Well, that kind of explains why this episode card doesn't really have any, like, pun or or intrigue or anything. Apparently... China has heard of Gem and the Holograms, and uh, and they've invited them to play in China at the Great Wall, I guess. And this is, contextually, this is, I believe, an era in the 80s in which China had very recently sort of opened its gates a little. Um, so we're, there's a very big sort of goodwill effort, if, I am, if I'm recalling this correctly, to sort of be like, wow, China's like, cool, you guys, let's be friends and trading partners with China. Which is why everybody is very aggressively uh, complimentary of China in this episode. While also being inadvertently hilariously offensive. Yep. Also, Roxy and Roxy and, the, and Eric and the Misfits are in business class of the same plane, which is the greatest thing ever. Uh, and one of the other great things about this episode is that, like, in the show Bible, it mentions that, you know, Aja's from China. Really? I thought she was Japanese. No, see, that's what you'd think, except for I re-looked at the show Bible, and it says Aja's from China. Well, that explains a lot of the things I was super confused about in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked all this information up because I was just making sure, because Aja, yeah, and it's, it's, it's so obvious that they're trying to demonstrate this while failing horrifically. I just have in my notes the line... The plane lands, and oh, jeez. Like sometimes the animators, it seems like they try to make people look a little more photorealistic, and uh, 
when when people are very much not American and oftentimes it does not work. It does not work when we go to uh I believe they're either an Inuit tribe or a Clinket tribe uh in Alaska in like season two. It doesn't work here. There's like a huge crowd of people, but only about five of them are chanting because the VO budget was really low. So you got like five people chanting Jem, Jem, Jem over and over again. I was half expecting Jem to come out of the plane and do like the Nixon thing with the peace signs. But they didn't do that and I'm sad. And interesting fact, I looked this up. The animators for Gem and the Holograms is none other than Toei Animation. What? The Dragon Ball Z guys. The the, the Sailor Moon guys. The, Toei animated everything there is to animate. I mean, this is what they were doing in the 80s? It was a rough time for everybody, okay? <laughs> God, apparently. It's also a rough time for the Misfits. Because they also arrive out of the plane to see a sign that says, and I want to get this tattooed right over my chest, Welcome Misfats. <laughs> We've hit our first major plot point of the episode, which makes no sense. They have to go through customs, which is apparently just a metal detector. Yeah, that's the entirety of ch customs in China. You walk through a metal detector. Gem is surprised because she tries to go through the metal detector and her earrings beep, her hologram projector earrings. Uh... And, I mean, I know security was far more lax in the 80s and the 90s, but has she never gone through a metal detector before with, with these earrings on? I mean, they, they have been traveling across the country? Nope, no no metal detectors until this point. Anyway, the customs guy is like, take your all your jewelry off, put it in the bin, and walk through the metal detector. Jem walks through. Her earrings, of course, set off the metal detector, although I was a little surprised because those things look like they're made entirely of plastic. And then the customs guy gets really mad with her, and she's like, I can't take these off. Why? Why can't you take them off? Taking them off doesn't deactivate the hologram. There's no reason you can't take them off. Right? I mean, it's like all she has to do is take them off, put them in the cup. They are remote projections. And then she doesn't even have to try and talk her way out of this because some guy in a uniform shows up and says, you know, they're fine. There are guests. They're Americans. Do you want to upset the chairman? Anyway, the very next shot we have after this is the holograms in a white limo and right behind them are the misfits in a black limo. And Eric Raymond's talking about how, why wouldn't Jem take off the earrings? And like, was he even close enough to see that? I, I didn't see him in the background of that shot. He just knows this for some reason. And uh, and so they all sort of think like why would she not take the why would she not take them off? Stormer's the only one who notices that Jem is always wearing them in all of her performances. I mean, she chalks it up to maybe it's like a good luck charm, but like Stormer again for best misfit. Uh the holograms are relaxing in a mineral bath after they get to their hotel, uh, reportedly 30 minutes before their concert. So they're not doing again a sound check or a rehearsal, or running through running through the set. They're relaxing in a mineral bath. Yeah, and Jem clearly takes off the earrings and puts them somewhere else, because the mineral water will short out the earrings. Whatever the heck that means. And has no effect on the Jem hologram whatsoever. But she never even submerges her head anyway. Okay, look, they're relaxing in a mineral bath in swimsuits. Which is like, hi, Tenshi Muyo dub, how's it going? Roxy is sneaking around at the spa. I don't know how she got in there, but she steals the earrings. And as soon as she's at a sufficient distance, the gem hologram disappears. And we find out that Jerrica, underneath the gem hologram, has been wearing this entire time. I don't know how to describe this outfit, but it's definitely not a bathing suit. She's been sitting in that and soaking that in the mineral bath. These are clothes. There is like, it's like some kind of weird loose ghee almost. 
she's got pants, a shirt, and then like an outer on there. So there's, there's, and like a belt, there's a whole outfit here. I think there's even shoes in this scene. So she was sitting in the mineral bath in that. One of my favorite things about this show is when uh, there is an oversight in internal consistency with, uh, with earrings versus no earrings, with holograms versus no holograms, and this is one of my favorite examples of it. I'd also like to point out that this episode aggressively pushes the idea of these things being called the gem star earrings. Yeah, they say it like 80 billion times. I don't think they have ever gave these, given these things a name before. I mean, they are pushing this thing harder than they are the rock and roadster. Yeah, there's a lot of hashtag branding here. So, like, the holograms can't perform, obviously, because their lead singer is, is gone, according to everyone else. But it's okay because the misfats have arrived. Here's what I don't get. The real only real difference between the gem hologram and Jerrica is like the pink hair and some makeup and maybe some outfits. Why can't Jerrica just put on like a pink wig or something? You know, you raise an excellent point. Why don't they just like, why don't they bring along sort of a set of clothes, like a chain to clothes just in case? Because I mean, this is the plot point that happens all the time. Someone has been delayed by Misfit slash Eric Raymond. Let's, we, we, ha- we can't go on. But it's like, they can't come up with a better excuse than, Jem's not sick, she just can't perform. They sound like they're trying to cover for the fact that Jem is super, super hungover and can't do anything right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it sounds like. It does, it does, it absolutely does. So like, they run off, and we leave with Ryo saying the mopiest thing that I think he has said thus far, which is like, I wish someone would tell me what's going on. I wrote that down in my notes, and right next to it, I just put lol. (laughs) Anyway, the security guys, because the security guy apparently has the authority to do this, declares that since the holograms can't perform, the misfits will perform the concert at the Summer Palace instead. And then the holograms are walking away, and they're super mad about listening to the misfits performing their concert. And then they look up, and all the misfits are wearing Gemstar earrings. While singing, winning is everything. We get, like, a little bonus song in this episode. Each of them have a pair, because I think... I think while they were trying to plot out this earring thing, I think Eric Raymond in the car was like, Take me to a jeweler. We're meant to assume that they just took this and was like, make me copies of this. And uh, after the concert, the holograms confront the misfits. And we go to a uh, a car chase, but it's in rickshaw bicycles. Yep, we actually hear the words, follow that rickshaw, said with deadly seriousness in this episode. Did you guys know we're in Asia? At least it's a bike rickshaw and not just some guy. But I mean, even these bikes don't really cover the fact that this whole music video and every scene that happens afterwards for like half the episode, we're about to get into some madcap shenanigans, guys. The music video is You Can't Catch Me, by the way. I gotta say, you guys, this song just doesn't really do anything for me. But it does involve the uh, Misfits act- playing actual literal elementary school keep away with the earrings. It's, uh, I think it's supposed to be more dramatic than it really is, because it just kind of reminds me of Monkey in the Middle, which has felt, <laughs> which has about all the drama of me watching paint dry. This, this music video is definitely notable, though, because it starts off with them uh, basically parading out every Chinese stereotype we can think of. They've got, like, they've got acrobats in the Forbidden City... That's just the start of it, and then they all ride bikes from the Forbidden City 
to the Great Wall, which from the Palace Museum in Beijing to the Great Wall of China, according to Google Maps, is a trip that would take two hours by car. It is 84.7 kilometers away. That's about 52 miles. And they get there in the course of a song. And they biked that whole way. And this isn't even the worst part of this episode. Yeah, they go to the Great Wall. And then the next shot is of the misfits get on like a mountain tramway. And then the holograms get on a mountain tramway following them. The holograms who have stopped somewhere along the way to change clothes. Yeah, there's a complete wardrobe change over the course of this song. I mean, I guess they just said, like, well, I don't know, mountains are cold, right? They should probably wear wear warm clothes. The misfits, of course, get out of the gondola at the top. They mess with the controls, which are apparently unmanned. Shake the tram. Jerrica grows, like, three feet of hair for a shot of them being shaken around. I'm pretty, also pretty sure, like, I'm not an expert, but I'm reasonably certain that's not even remotely how tram controls work. I don't think you can pull a couple levers and make a, a specific car swing from side to side. I'm just, I'm, I'm shocked that there's just, like, nobody at the top of wherever it is they are now. Anyway, the very next shot with, like, no transition is, like, the holograms wandering around. What, like, it looks like it, that they, they wanted it to be a Shaolin temple, but they're wearing, like, white karate gis, and one of the monks has a mohawk. Yeah, yeah, it looks like this is supposed to be from, like, a Bruce Lee movie. From the Great Wall of China to uh, the major Shaolin Temple in Henan, and I'm sorry for people that can actually speak various Chinese languages, I am really bad at pronouncing them, but this is a trip of 912 kilometers. I don't know how they got here. Anyway, the holograms are like, well, we can't find the misfits, I guess we should leave, at which point the misfits just straight up start assaulting people. They have found Gi somewhere. Like, oh, I guess we gotta brush up on our kung fu. Why? Why do you need to brush up on your kung fu? Where did this line even come from? What's happening? But they head out and the holograms find the misfits again at what appears to be the Longmen Grottoes. A, a, a well-known expansive row of, of cliffs that have uh, that have various carved Buddhas in, into the side of the wall, which is, may I remind you, from Beijing alone, it is 841 kilometers away. It's not that far from the Shaolin Temple, relatively speaking, but here we are at the Longmen Grottoes. And Aja's climbing a cliff, and the other holograms are at the base of the cliff, saying, Aja, be careful! Like, that'll help. Aja's climbing the Longmen Grottoes. And you can see the base of a statue that's going to be troubled because it's not matte painted onto the background. Anyway, Aja, on her way up the cliff, starts to fall. Stormer's like, hey, maybe we should stick around and make sure she doesn't, like, die. The other misfits are like, nah, it'll be fine. They wander off. Aja upsets the base of a statue and it starts to fall. And Jem is about to be crushed by a statue of the Buddha, which I can't decide if that's ironic or just stupid, but that's our commercial break. As always, Memento Mori by our dolls. I also want to point out that there is some weird perspective stuff in here. Like, like I have I rewatched that scene a bunch of times. When Aja reaches for the Buddha, uh, I want to say it's probably about five feet tall, judging by her relative position. When it falls, I mean, I'm really bad at judging heights, but it is tall enough for them to all scale to the top of the grottoes. 
That thing was huge. It got bigger on the way down. Anyway, Jem is not killed by a statue of the Buddha. Shocker. Shocker. Then the next shot is the misfits being on a train saying, well, we definitely lost them now, tempting fate. Taking the train, taking the train, taking the train. Wait, we're not to that episode yet, thank God. Anyway, the holograms find the misfits on the train and the misfits decide to play more keep away and chuck the earrings out the train windows. I want to point out that one of these sets of earrings falls into what is either a really fast horse cart or they throw it into a horse cart out of a very slow train because that thing is keeping pace. And another pair of earrings fall into an archaeological dig and another pair of earrings fall into the trash. So let's let's keep track of that as this plot gets even more convoluted. As this plot gets even more convoluted, here we go with the hologram song Something is Missing from My Life which is apparently sung by Jerrica, so I don't know what this is doing with them, like, blowing their cover music videos. I, I'm not even trying to make logic of this anymore. Anyway, some guy, I think it's the guy who found um, the earrings in his extremely fast or extremely slow horse cart, uses the hologram earrings to buy food, which I don't think they're actually worth that much. Also, this implies that China in the 1980s utilizes a barter system. And another pair of earrings during the course of the song are found in the archaeological dig and auctioned off as if they're actual artifacts. Because apparently nobody appraised them. Just this guy digs up these two terrible little pieces of plastic and goes, Oh my god! Artifacts! This is gonna come up. Get get hyped. I found like an episode synopsis thing. It's from rockjim.com. Oh, Rock Jam. Good old Rock Jam. And it actually amused me because at this point where she's talking about the song, she's like, this song is a little too deep for a couple of earrings. <laughs> Let me actually read this uh, directly because I love it. Uh, Even if they were a gift from Jerrica's father, but the more I think about it, the earrings is what Jim is dependent upon and also what is supporting their band and their entire way of life, being able to support the Starlight Girls. But for Aja, the thing that's making her eyes tear here is that she won't be able to play at the Great Wall of China. And I don't know why that delights me so much, but it delights me. Right after the end of the music video, we see the trash guy who found the Gemstar earrings in the trash, and it goes home. And his daughter is like this little girl that we saw in the establishing shot at the airport. And he's like, here, here, have these earrings I found in the trash. And his daughter is delighted by this, unspeakably delighted. The holograms are like, well, I guess we're screwed now. And Aja's like, well, before we go, I just want to go get a magazine to make sure I'm still up on my Chinese. Number one, Chinese. Mandarin, Cantonese. Number two, (laughs) she's not up on her Chinese from being in China. Like, you'd think she'd get a couple of opportunities to see if she still understands this stuff. Yeah, just to, like, talk to somebody. Or maybe she's specifically referring to reading Chinese, Mandarin, Cantonese, something, anything. This is entirely contrived just so that Aja can buy the magazine, open it up, look inside, and see a picture of the Gemstar earrings. Because apparently enough time has passed for this guy who received the earrings in the barter system to go, oh, these are really pretty. I'm going to take them to my factory, reproduce them by the millions. It has been less than a day. It's probably only been a couple of hours. The news machine works quickly in China. They find the, they find the factory. They are mass producing, quote, millions of copies of the Gemstar earrings. Millions. Again, Daddy Kabor Box is really excited somewhere. And then they, they go to see the manager of the factory that is mass-producing these, who whose office is basically Mulan's house in how it is decorated. The earrings are apparently their most popular item, whatever that means in the span of a few hours. 
And he's like, sure, you can take these. They've already brought me much good fortune or something equally as offensive. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Of course, because we still have time in this episode, they can't be the actual gem star earrings. Which means we have to get to our hero of this episode eventually. Aja wants to go see some ancient Chinese art. Yeah, she specifically refers to them as ancient Chinese art, and then she clarifies that it's the lost Ming Dynasty treasures. Right, so they apparently go back to the Palace Museum in in Beijing, and let me tell you guys, this entire trip takes about 22 hours and 29 minutes by vehicle. We are looking at from the Palace Museum to the Great Wall to the Shaolin Temple to the Longmen Grottoes and generously back to the Great Wall and then down to Beijing. We are looking at a journey of over 2,000 kilometers. This cartoon does not abide by the laws of space and time. It's like, looking at this stuff, I it's like a magnified version of all of those establishing shots of Cairo that somehow have the Great Pyramids in the background. Anyway, they go to the museum and they're ooing and aahing at all of these treasures. And then Aja's like, I don't believe it! And the Gemstar earrings are in a cabinet. This whole, this is my favorite part of the episode, it makes no sense. The earrings were found at a dig, auctioned off, and placed in a museum exhibit, and nobody noticed they are basically made of plastic with wires inside of them. So Gem says, we gotta grab those. And what does she do? She just takes them. She commits grand larceny. In the middle of a crowded museum, she just takes the earrings. And of course an alarm goes off. She is shocked when the alarm goes off. And the security guards are real mad. (laughs) They try to run from the security guards. And that's the second commercial break, as Gem and her friends are under arrest in China. They are going to be in a communist prison for the rest of their lives. Never to be heard from again. They're just going to quietly disappear and everybody's just going to assume that they went back to not being rock stars. Aren't you glad you're Americans? Buy our dolls. Meanwhile, we, we go to the Great Wall Concert Hall, I guess. The, the whole stage that they've set up that, as always, looks like the behind-the-scenes of a children's playhouse theater. The Misfits... Uh, apparently they're going to go on. Uh, I would also like to note that they wrote the name of the Gem and the Holograms band on a big banner in, like, Asian font. This font that came with your computer? It's probably called, like, Fortune Cookie MT. Yeah, something horrific like that. That's the font that the sign is written in. After we get that little development, we switch back to the Holograms under arrest, where they have discuss- where they have talked to the curator who actually determines that the that the earrings, and this is how specific he gets, he determines that the earrings are not for the Ming Dynasty, but were manufactured, quote, in this century. No! By Jove, Holmes, you've done it! And then he's like, I don't know how this mistake occurred. Really? You have no idea? He's the curator and he has no idea how these gaudy plastic nightmares got into his Ming Dynasty exhibit after being dug up this morning. This morning, they were dug up by some hapless intern. They were like, yeah, this seems legit. Let's do it. They weren't even under glass. They were on a pillow. (laughs) They were just collecting dust. Anyway, the curator says, well, since these are garbage, I guess you can have them back. So she immediately puts them on her ears and she's like, Synergy, I beg you, create the gem hologram. 
And because there's still time left in the episode, nothing happens. They're just like, well, I guess we'll just go to the concert. Yeah, they figure they have to actually show up to the concert to say that they can't do the concert. As they arrive, they see it like a, a bully harassing the exact same little girl who got the, 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 the earrings out of the garbage. Yeah, this is like, is this, this seems like it's supposed to be backstage. Yeah, it looks backstage, but I don't know why like a bunch of small children would be back there. Anyway, Jerrica's like, I'm gonna step in. But before she can, the little girl like completely beats down the bully. Like, she wrecks him. It turns out that little Lily Stormstout is a big fan of Jem. Well, you should give these good luck charm earrings to Jem so that she'll feel better. And lo and behold, of all happy circumstances. I actually have this note down in all caps. Jerrica shows actual human emotion. Anyway, next we get this really awesome shot of the- we got the misfits in the foreground talking about how, you know, haha, they're gonna get to go on a Steal the Holograms concert from them. In the background, we see a tiny Rio pacing back and forth incessantly. It's amazing. Oh, Rio. And then Pizzazz flirts at Rio again. I don't know. I think it's just habit at this point. She can't actually want him. No one can love this Rio. And then it turns out that the Holograms can go on. Synergy- she she gives Jem a, an, an outfit. She gives the rest of them outfits, and they are somehow more spectacularly... Is this cultural appropriation? These are just the worst fake Chinese costumes I've ever seen. They're just the worst. And, and, and also, Kimber's like a taiko drummer. <laughs> I don't know. They go on. Everybody's really excited. And Jem dedicates this song to Lin. Then we get our next music video, Love Unites Us, which starts out with the most horrific, stereotypical Chinese music, xylophone backbeat. The animation in this is spectacular, too, because we just, we, we see the audience and we just see them kind of rocking from side to side. Like, apparently they don't mosh in China. It, I mean, this whole music video has kind of a vibe of, like, Orientalism to it. Uh, it's mostly, like, Jem and Lily Stormstout hanging out and being pals. In, like, Cherry Blossom Groves you know, Asia things. And she just, like, she just ends up with, like, I hope these earrings give you good luck, Lynn. And I'm thinking to myself, it's like, yeah, this is like, what, 1986? Good luck in three years. Good luck in 1989. Maybe avoid the end of the square. I don't think anything good's gonna go down there. Good luck, Lynn. But yeah, Jem, after the concert, comes down to see Lynn. And Jem is actually signing autographs, like, sitting on the edge of the stage, and if this concert is as huge as they keep saying it is, I don't think she'd be able to do that. But she spots Lynn, and she goes to her through the audience, and gives her a pair of the fake earrings, because what's she gonna do with these, right? And Lynn says, oh, I'll never take them off. Lynn, that's how you get an infection. And that is Adventures in, in China. A journey of over 2,000 kilometers, and so many leaps in logic. I mean, we just finished this episode, and I don't know where to begin with this episode. Well, the good news about this episode is that if you ever need to explain Orientalism to somebody, you can just point at this episode and say that. That's Orientalism. Oh, boy. Uh, before we do our sign-off tonight, though, guys, uh, we actually have a really exciting announcement. We have officially launched our Patreon. That's right, the Gem Jam podcast is doing a Patreon uh, you can donate as little as a dollar to start getting cool special features. Uh, it's going to get us stuff like uh, SoundCloud access. Uh, it'll put us on iTunes and Stitcher if we reach our first goal, which is only about $20, which is our big focus. 
Uh, we'll also be able to start adding accessibility features to the website. We will be able to start doing bonus podcasts, maybe a couple of Let's Plays of really awful dating sims. We're very excited for what's happening. Uh, if you would like to give us a if you would like to give us a donation or you feel like to spread the word, you can find us on patreon.com slash the gem jam. You can actually also see our faces on there. We we took videos of ourselves. You can see Mackenzie's luscious locks. You can see Kit's eyebrow game. You can see me gesticulating wildly because of the three of us. One of us was a theater kid. Uh, we'll still obviously be doing podcasts regardless, but a little extra cash flow will help us actually get in more places and uh, put us in your ears more often. Until next time, when we will bring you Last Resorts, the skiing episode, one of, I think, of a couple. Until then... I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this has been The Gem Jam, where we are the best things since sliced outrageous.